Under the Helmet. You do your thing, all right? Don't be nervous, okay? The show that looks at long-term player value in fantasy football. It's the moment right here. We're going to have to decide what, what type of team we want to be. Building dynasties each and every week. I don't even know your name. What's your name? Chad Parsons. Tell you, man, you leading the league in hydration. I got a dynasty team reaping rewards for the next decade. Katie Flower. You may beat me, but you will not outwork me. Tim Torch. There's only one winner, Chad. Find their written and premium audio content at uthdynasty.com. Playing it safe in Dynasty means you're going to lose. Stop talking about it, man. Let's get this going right now. Welcome to the Helmet, looking at some long-term player value in fantasy football. I'm your host, Chad Parsons, joined by Katie Flower, the weekly show provided free here. If you want exclusive content for UTHDynasty.com, become a general manager plus subscriber. One of the feature shows in the preseason, especially, you're going to see broken down every play of every game, all the dynasty information you need, five to eight minutes per game on average with the UTH Film Notes podcast. And that carries over into the season. Invaluable. You're going to get it in your inbox every Monday morning as a general manager subscriber. And Katie, this preseason, week three, we're probably not going to get a whole lot coming up this week, finishing out the preseason, but two weeks of data points. And we're going to talk about some of the most interesting situations out there, young players finally seeing some data points. One of those the Washington Commanders backfield. Brian Robinson coming in. We've been following him for a while on the Devi circuit. Coming up the ranks, what a story out of Alabama. Not a five-star guy, but finally being the starter. And Antonio Gibson, fan of his as well, coming out, not being a traditional running back as a prospect, but now they converge on this depth chart. We've seen Brian Robinson progress through two weeks. Antonio Gibson, where does he sit? So we're going to discuss his dynasty value and what has happened the past two weeks and what we project going ahead into the season. Yeah, uh, Antonio Gibson has had a wide variety of roles this preseason and Brian Robinson looks pretty good as a rookie. He's a little bit on the older side, but neither one of them are a five-star stud that you can hang your hat on and say, okay, this guy is the guy. I think it's going to be running back by committee in Washington. You still have JD McKissick to answer to, but Antonio Gibson playing kick and punt return in uh, practices. He's fumbled a little bit. He's had a rough off season. If you listen to the coach speak, you got to kind of read between the lines a little bit. I think it's going to be a mixture of Antonio Gibson with Brian Robinson with J.D. McKissick and therefore unless it's best ball or unless you get an injury clarity the first few weeks will be very telling. Right now Brian Robinson has outsnapped Antonio Gibson the first two games of preseason and it's an interesting mix because while I do think that Antonio Gibson is talented I wouldn't want him to rely on him as more than like my RB3 on a team. If he's my flex guy in the RB3 spot, I'm fine with that. And the thing is, is you're right now you can't trade him for anything. People are already skeptical. So you've got to hold him and you just got to hope that you're going to get some worthy weeks out of him. Yeah, I think the the couple interesting parts is A, this is a actually a good Washington situation historically when you talk about those high leverage opportunities, uh, looking at goal line, looking at targets. However, they were number seven in the NFL when you combined uh, those, those weighted touches. Um, so this is a good situation to provide value. Now, the rub is and JD McKissick, he's been 
dominating for multiple years now. In the preseason, it's been the same story. A lot of third down snaps, a lot of those obvious passing situations are going to go towards McKissick. And he was halfway out the door, but he's back. So I think with Gibson and and or Robinson, there's going to be a limited ceiling there. Tough to get into the top 12 fantasy-wise. And now if you're saying they're, they're, they're going to have some form of split... I, and and their wide receivers are healthy right now. We'll see if they end up getting some injuries, but I mean, it's not like Gibson's going to be a split out guy and see ten to fifteen snaps a game in the slot, you know, or just pick up a couple catches because he's playing split out from the formation. And so with Brian Robinson with Gibson, I think you you want who's going to get goal line. That's going to be your best chance. <laughs> and unfortunately, I don't know if they're going to trust Gibson. Right? I mean, that's the one place you can't have a fumble. He led the league in fumbles, I believe, from the position a year ago. He's already had dumped one on the ground. Robinson, last time he fumbled, might have been sophomore year of high school, for all we know. We know it wasn't at Alabama. Unconfirmed. I haven't looked at practice tape. Maybe he fumbled at some point in practice. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it, there's an opportunity for eight, 10-plus touchdowns in this offense that I think is going to be better. But if Robinson's going to get more of those point-blank looks... That's going to be where you go, but we still may be looking at one of these guys as a running back, you know, a lower running back two, and another one is like a flex or running back four for lineup decisions that you plug and play. And the market is really interesting because Robinson, I, have you had any August uh, or in the last couple of week rookie drafts that have been, you know, just just out there uh, after two months after your typical rookie drafts? Have you had any recent data points of Robinson? Yes, and he went mid second. Yeah, see, that's the other thing. I got he landed at me at two oh seven. I was like, I thought he might rival the first round with all the buzz of people talking about him being the starter and all this. And he still dropped. It was other players that rose, and so I'm kind of interested uh, of Robinson that he hasn't had that market rise, even though everyone like a Damian Pierce. <laughs> yeah, like I, yeah. Saw, I saw him go in the first round, and you know we still haven't really. You know, we saw five touches in the second half from him. So, right. so Robinson, let's discuss a few trades because he has moved up a little bit in terms of the trade market, and a lot of this is probably from trade from uh, rookie drafts that occurred back in May, and now we've had some time for leagues to reposition themselves. So we have Robinson for Jamal Williams and a twenty-three second. So if he costs a second this year, you're picking up Jamal Williams, uh, a primary backup there. Is this the type of thing if you were looking to sell Robinson or actually address it, even if is this the time or is he a long hold saying I want him and to see him be the starter? I don't think that either Antonio Gibson or Brian Robinson are the long-term starter for the commanders. I think both of them are short-term. However, whether that's a year, two years, three years, somebody's going to get Trey Mason at some point. you got a really talented class next year. Washington's putting a team together. They're doing it on a budget right now. But when they're really ready to get serious, I think they're going to pull in a real running back. I don't think either one of these guys are the long-term solution. So, therefore, yes, I think that Jamal Williams, who has good value as a backup, and then you get the 23 second, which should be a fairly decent. I think from the mock drafts that I've done, we go right through 24 players at least before you start running out. And it depends on if, if it's super, super flex or not. But um, no, I, I don't really see either one of these guys holding in Washington for a long term. Okay. Um, yeah, I think 
I would personally want a little more than this. I would aim higher. Jamal Williams is on the older side. So the utility beyond I see a spot start here or there is probably not going to be there, the flexibility. So I would want to aim higher up on, you know, maybe if that's a Madison type or or someone that could project to be an NFL starter or, or have more legs. I would prefer that. Um, another one is Robinson. These are all super flex picks, but okay. Robins, Robinson for a 24 first. So oh, immediately. So any for future any first, first, you would any deal first. with Brian Robinson. Because yes. honestly, that may be available to you right now. And you don't even have to see how the season goes. You drafted Robinson, like we said, in the mid-second maybe. And so now, I mean, you can't trade a mid-second for a first in, in draft 99% of times. So um, you have that opportunity before you see how this goes. Um, another one is Robinson for Mike Williams and a 23 second. I take Mike Williams all day, and that right. second is gravy on top. Right. Mike Williams is a legit starter that has a real shot to be, you know, a top twenty-four, if not a top twelve, wide receiver with his quarterback. Yep. Yeah, and I, what really did it for me is Mike Williams getting the new contract, being twenty-seven, but locking in at least for the next couple of years of allegiance for uh, for for Justin Herbert. I think is a big deal. And so you get a guy that you can plug in wide receiver three, wide receiver four at a worst case if you're a strong team, and then you bank that second. So whether you're going for a future pick, I think that going for a future first straight up is not uh, out of bounds. I think getting a wide receiver like this plus a second, um, and, and even the first one, you know, again, if it's Jamal Williams, is if it's something else, you have options to just bank some profit right here for a running back that, again, 23 years old, he's going to be splitting with Antonio Gibson, McKissick's around. I just don't think, you know, to sharpshoot the big upside from Brian Robinson is there, even though he might look good, play well. We've seen it before where, oh, 13 carries, 68 yards. And if you score a touchdown, congratulations, golf clap, you got 13, 14 points. And you really, that really didn't move the needle. And I don't know how many clarified starts we're going to feel really good about plugging him in. Exactly. Um, That's the big question. Yeah. One comment I saw on Twitter from uh, was uh, Antonio Gibson taking the kickoff and Brian Robinson running the first snap. I don't like this for my Gibson shares. Great point. Um, yeah. So, so Antonio, let's shift this to, to Antonio Gibson. You mentioned it's not really the time to sell. And, and I agree with that. Um, here are some deals of the recent market. I think uh, a couple of them are pretty interesting because they involve other rookies. First one uh, doesn't, but it's Antonio Gibson for Chase Edmonds. What are your thoughts there? No, I, I would still... I like Chase Edmonds. I think he's got a good opportunity for at least this season. Right. But I've seen what Antonio Gibson can do. If there is an injury in that backfield and Antonio Gibson has three or four clarified starts, right. it's worth it to keep Gibson. Right. And what if what if uh, McKissick's the one that gets injured, right? Right. I mean, exactly. See, exactly. Gibson provides a lot of upside. If he is even on the 40 because he can side, catch. If, he, if he was dominating third down snaps as opposed to Brian Robinson, I mean, you saw he ran some angle routes. Like he had one, he just dusted, dusted coverage for 10, 15, 20 yards. I mean, he can, he, people forget. He played wide receiver in college and just right. he hasn't been used that way in the NFL. It's been one, one of the more perplexing things. How about Gibson straight up for Isaiah Pacheco? No, Gibson, hundred <laughs> percent. That's not even a that's right. a joke, really. I mean, that's a joke. But th but this is what I mean by there are potential opportunities to buy Gibson because yes. people are very very worried, and that, that's actually they are. Not... There's a lot of fire out there. There's right. more than smoke. There's fire because people are panicking. They're jumping right. shit. Gibson I get is it. still going to be one of these running backs that 
even if you downshift, and here's what I like to tell people, if you have 10 running backs on your roster, it doesn't mean all 10 at every given point are like, ooh, should I start them or not? Right, Sometimes right. you're just banking talent and, yes. it's, and say, I don't know how this is going to go, but at some point, the talent will win out or injuries occur. Plenty of depth charts get down to their third or fourth guy at some point during the season, and you have a glorious start. All you need are three or four clarified starts. That's a quarter of your fantasy season. Right. And if that happens to be right, if it happens to be during the fantasy playoffs, golden playoffs, playoffs. I mean, really, like you don't know when it's going to hit, but you know that running backs get injured and you want a lot of them. And I want the talented ones. Antonio Gibson has shown he's got talent. There's no question about that. He's just not necessarily the lead back out the gate. So you got to be patient. And if you already own him, most likely you got him in rookie drafts. Hopefully you didn't pay a ton for him in year two. But if you got him in rookie drafts, you got him at the beginning of round three or late round two, and it was found money. So why not be patient and keep him on your roster instead of getting itchy fingers? He's been top 20 in adjusted points per game, two straight seasons to open his career. That's not too dissimilar from guys like DeAndre Swift. Previously, we had guys like Marlon Mack produce early in this in this fashion before his injury. Josh Jacobs. So, like, this is something that is is highly predictive for future relevance, future production. And you don't just throw that away the first speed bump you see. So, and this might be a team that just wants to run the ball. Let's right. be fair, right? I mean, they they might say we don't like. <laughs> we don't like uh, Jared uh, Patterson. You know, we don't like uh, Jonathan Williams. Like they just may not like their depth. They may be the anti uh, the anti Minnesota Vikings. Like Minnesota Vikings probably love their depth. Washington was like, we need to add to this. We got two more deals on Gibson. We have uh, Kadarius Tony, Samir White, and a third for Antonio Gibson and a second. Mm, if it wasn't for that second, <laughs> right. yeah, I mean, it, it was good up until you said and the second. Well, I think it's Gibson. I mean, to me, right? That's, exactly. I mean, yeah. That's what I'm saying. It that's was good what, up until you said. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. They so got to get the second. Yeah. So Zamir White. We'll see what we have. Kenyon Drake. Uh, one of the more notable moves in the last like couple of days was Kenyon Drake being a cut. That was a possibility with Zamir White stepping up. They have Amir Abdullah. So, but but Tony to Gibson and and the pick upgrade is a significant one in Superflex. I think that's a good reminder for folks that seconds with quarterbacks, especially next year, you might have three, four, five of them in the first round. All of a sudden, a mid-second can feel like 110, 112 um, in, in terms of positional players themselves. Last and you one, can always use them to trade up if you right. have to. Last one is Gibson, John Mechie, and a second for Chris Godwin. That's pretty That's pretty close. Um, I don't think I've... I can pick a side. I think it's pretty okay. close. I'll take Godwin. Um, if that was a first, I would stick with that side. But but Godwin's profile to me is one that I just think you have to you have to bank that. And Mechie, does he burn a spot for you right now? See that's right. The, so like it's kind of like Calvin Ridley. Is the juice going to be worth the squeeze? Where you wait, 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 and are you just getting another receiver? You know, or depending on what you're getting. So I, w- I would cash Gibson for that because you save a roster spot. You didn't give up a first. Um, and again, how many clarified opportunities will you get with Gibson um, You know, this year? Yeah. It's, just, it's just a pretty big unknown. All right. Um, George Pickens. What yes. are your thoughts on, uh, on Mr. Georgia, Mr. Uh, 18-year-old breakout and 
Steelers looking like they did it again. You know, they, they've had immense success from round two, uh, day two specifically there with wide receiver Pickens looks like the next guy. I have had so many people offering on my George Pickens shares and I got so many George Pickens shares anywhere from 110 to 204 in many of my earlier leagues and he's not going for that now <laughs> and the offers I'm getting aren't near enough I think he's legit I think he's the real deal he's a dog he was a bulldog and now he's a dog uh he's got that mentality he's got that wide receiver my ball mentality I just don't think that year one or year two necessarily with the quarterback crew that he has is going to be as fantasy relevant as most people will expect or want. But I think long-term dynasty, I love George Pickens. I hope his quarterbacking gets better, and I expect that it will. It's not Pickett. It's not Trubisky. And it's not Mason Rudolph. But what it is, at some point, I don't know. I just know that you're right. Pittsburgh found another gem good player and, yeah. and i wouldn't write off chase uh claypool he's playing from the slot a lot this preseason and he's a handful he's a talented yeah. player yeah. deontay johnson being re-signed is a big deal for the ultimate upside over the next two three years for george pickens it just is the equation is you better have an elite quarterback if you got another strong wide receiver on your depth chart pickens does so that's a, that's a tough and claypool might be squeezed out you know sooner rather than later we'll see how that goes but Pickens can be a great player and still not put up a top 24, top 30 season in the first couple of years. What do you think about Pickens for Traylon Burks? Uh, I'd still rather have Traylon Burks. They're very close, though. They're very close as far as I asked you preseason. Uh, I had that exact scenario, Traylon Burks or, or George Pickens. And it was Traylon Burks then. It's still Traylon Burks now. Um He's got his own physical conditioning because of asthma and everything else. And there's all kinds of coach speak. They don't throw to him when he's wide open. And then he's not always wide open. So what are you going to do? But it, like any other rookie, I think he's going to have his struggles. But not only do I like Ryan Tannehill better than all three quarterbacks that Pittsburgh has, I like Malik Lewis better than all three quarterbacks that Pittsburgh has. So uh, I, I still like Traylon Burks better than George Pickens. Yeah. The way I handled it was I had a couple picks, one mid mid first, one later. And I was like, well, I'll take... If I'll I can get them both. Well, I, yeah. I was gonna, <laughs> but we've, we've talked this kind of strategy before where, well, I, I took Burks. And you can try to trade up for Pickens. You know, you don't know, will he go next? Will he go three picks later? He might fall on your lap. So you kind of have to do that because you don't, you don't think or know, you know, Burks is going to fall very far. And, you know, in the mid first, that's about as far as he's ever going to go. So um, I think Burks also has a better chance to be the guy. Right. And, and part of that is the depth chart. Part of that is, as you mentioned, Ryan Tannehill being able to fuel something. And Burks' profile, round one, his physical dimensions, he's athletic beyond the testing that he had. I, I just think there's there if there's a massive hit between Pickens and Burks in the next two years, I think it's Burks. And it's not much of a question mark. And so you've got shooting for ceiling. I don't think it's much of a question mark here. And if Burks you know, ends up flaming out, so be it. But a massive hit would be a, a dynasty franchise changer, frankly. And, and Burks can be that. All right, we've got Pickens and Tua for Deshaun Watson. 
Mm. I like Tua, and I, I really do think that he's going to be fine. And then you still get a, a very good wide receiver. I think that's pretty tough. Um, okay. We've seen what Deshaun Watson can do, but he's been out of it for a little bit. He's going to be suspended for 11 games. Um, I think that's pretty close. Okay. I think it's a coin flip, really. Okay. I would take I would take Watson here. Uh, and I think this is the right way to do it. I think if you're going to use someone hot like Pickens, you want to move up in whatever the hierarchy you're thinking. Can you use Pickens to get if that's a stud tight end in a format that's applicable, if that's an anchor quarterback, if that is uh, you know, a wide receiver with a, a better longstanding profile, then I think that's the way to do it, even if you have to add and do a two-for-one and it's not picking straight up. But I, what I don't like is maybe pickings and you just like, oh, let me kick the can way out because you've already had some confirmation points of a player that you liked and to just dump that for kicking the can down the road, I think is dangerous because I think Pickens, you have flexibility right now to do a myriad of things and just taking a future pick or a pick, you know, like you take, oh, well, let me just give me a 24 first. I'm just giving an example. Like Pickens has a lot more liquidity to be able to do something at any position you want by just shopping him around the league. Because I don't think there's a lot of people that are like, well, I'm anti-Pickens, so I'm not open to trading for that. A young wide receiver that's shown something has a lot of appeal, just generally in Dynasty. How about... And the, well, I was, I was just going to say, also, if you are building or you, you've got to take a few risks, diluting Deshaun Watson, who's suspended for 11 games, you get to an up-and-coming, you at least get a quarterback back, and it's super flex, and he is before his breakout, so you could be getting a steal there. Then you add on top of that a wide receiver that could very easily be wide receiver one in two to three years. Yes, it's a lot of risk, but there's a lot of upside. So in Dynasty, sometimes you have to take a risk, and not seeing it, you have to already believe it, basically. Uh, let's do one more for Pickens. We got Pickens and a 23 third for Rashad Penny and a 23 first. Oof. That's got to be the Penny side. Again, I like Penny as a running back. And then on top of that, I mean, he could be RB1 in Seattle. And then on top of that, you get a 23 first from a very good class. And it's, you said super flex. So yeah. as much as I, yeah, yeah, as much as I like Pickens, there's still the mystery. And, but the only way you, you feel bad about this one, I think is if Pickens is legitimately a rocket ship right away. And, and again, I don't believe that's, that's going that's, to be the case yeah, because of his quarterbacks right. holding him back. And like you said, Deontay Johnson, you've got Pat Frymuth, you've got Najee Harris, you've got Chase Claypool. There's a lot of mouths to feed and a quarterback that can only feed maybe a baby bird. Right. If that was, Tom, you know, if we had Tom Brady there, if we had right. you know, someone else, we might be singing a little bit different, <laughs> a different tune from that bird. Um, but yeah, I think, I think Penny also, a lot of people not giving him some respect, but when healthy, we saw him last year. He can dominate. He can absolutely dominate and be an auto-start player. And frankly, right now, if you were projecting, more clarified auto-start... You know, you can buy start rate and what they actually produce. Penny is going to have more of those combination weeks than Pickens this year. He just right. will. He will. So, so you're getting that right now. Even if Pickens does well, you still got the 23 first on the back end to say, 
okay, Penny was a disaster. That didn't work out. Pickens is great. You still get that pick. You can still win the deal. Even if that goes completely sideways, which I think betting wise, you wouldn't say that. Let's do one more wide receiver here. We got Romeo Dobbs. So he's been making plays every week. He came out of training camp. Watch this guy. Well, here we are. Do you think, Katie, that we could see he is the wide receiver one for the Packers? No. No. Okay. So he's going to be a Fugazi. He's going to be a remember that he's going to get a pittance of snaps, and he's really not going to be much of a thing this year. I taught, I was just up in Minneapolis last week, and some of them are Green Bay fans. And I asked them, I said, Who do you like with the wide receiver core? Nobody mentioned Romeo Dobbs, not one person. And then I asked them, I said, Well, what do you think of Romeo Dobbs? And they're like, Eh, he's okay. <laughs> and, and no, seriously, they've no, been watching the preseason. They they get the local news. He has and the, the real, best wide receiver of the guys that have played. I understand so, that. Yeah. I understand that. But I've I'm just saying, that. yeah, I mean, these guys have been watching. And I just, I, I think that he's one of those preseason darlings. guys, darlings, yes, that will just peter out long term i don't know maybe down the road but for this season not so much okay yeah christian watson is getting healthier we don't know what his role i'm is not even be. big on him either no, no, I know. <laughs> and you've got alan lazard you've got yep. randall cobb robert tanyan is getting healthier he's projected to be ready to go for week one so they've got Deguara, they've got two running backs. You figure Aaron Jones is going to be used, especially um, in that passing game, quite a bit. Um, so I could already probably predict what, how these trades are going to go then uh, that right, I'm going to yeah. ask you based on what you just said. So uh, we got Romeo Dobbs and a 23 first for A.J. Dillon. I'd still want A.J. Dillon. Okay. Dylan's going to be a fun ride this year. Uh, I think I so. Just, I think Dylan, I like, I was offered a 23 first straight up for Dylan just the other day. And you love I those flat picks. out turned it out. And I do love those picks. You love those 23 first. Yeah. Right. But I love AJ Dylan. And right. I do believe that Aaron Jones is going to be in the slot a lot and he's going to be used more as a move wide receiver. And AJ Dylan, they're going to play two running backs. AJ Dylan will get the lion's share of the carries and the goal line. And eight, and uh, he can also catch, but you got Aaron Jones. They're going to play both of them. That's their offense this year. I'm going to put uh, if I put over under ten and a half touchdowns for AJ Dillon, what would you take? Well, considering that they don't have a Devonte Adams to move the ball downfield, uh, I'm going to say under. Okay. Um, but it, I mean, yeah. Okay, uh, Dobbs and Chris Olave for DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf. Okay. Dobbs for 23 first. That's a first. Okay. 100%. Yeah. Like that's a, that's a no-brainer. Okay. Let's go. Uh, let me get a couple thoughts from you on Isaiah Pacheco. You mentioned yep. him passing at the beginning of the show. So he's been yep. running as the number two back. It's clearly been uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire in that number one spot, but he's been getting first team reps. Um, there's some buzz about him. He took Tyree Kill's number. So um, what do you think about Pacheco coming out of late day three? And the fact that he's having some early, he's already basically from round six, round seven, considered a success story with, with what's happened so far for him. Yeah, no, I think he's, he's a sell. I, I like him, 
but he's small. He's going to be a gadgety guy. They, they've actually been using three running backs that are each about equal split. So uh, I don't think that they're going to do anything more than just mix it up and game script dependent. So I don't think you're going to get a clarified start. Now, if you're in best ball, I like Pacheco. I think, you know, he's got some big upside, but I wouldn't want to have to start him. I wouldn't. Okay. Uh, I think a, one good deal that I wanted to start with, which I think is a good example of where you take you have a bunch of running backs, but you can find certain players at certain times and you can bolster your wide receiver core when you need it or when you think you just need a little extra depth there. Isaiah Pacheco for Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks. See, I mean, and this is a good example of selling the young sizzle, taking the older veteran that's 29, people not respected him. Frankly, Cooks hasn't been respected for years right. since he was on the Saints. So I think that, uh, again, good example of aiming at the right target point of wide receiver to get a deal done. Um, also, Pacheco for a 24 second. I'd probably hold him for for because you got plenty of time to decide if you can get any kind of second for him. And you could probably get a second from any other owner. Why not make it a 23 second from somebody else? Uh, I don't think you have to be a rush to sell him. I think he's going to do decent enough to where that second will be viable anytime during the season. Yeah. One more is Pacheco and a third next year for Alan Lazard and a second. Alan Lazard in the second. Yeah. I, I think the pick upgrade is just gravy and Lazard has legit. He's the starting wide receiver yeah, in Green Bay. Like, I mean, why, yeah. why are we doubting a guy that's produced in the, in a secondary role? You know, the fact that he's, he's been productive and I know he's not everyone's cup of tea. There was thought that he might convert to tight end or something like that. But I think we're forgetting how good Aaron Rodgers is. Like, yeah, yeah. You, don't, you need zero separation. He he's going to fit it into the window that's slightly bigger than a football. Right. He's going to put it right on him. So I I think Lazard has been kind of waiting in the wings, and he's the most logical. If there is an answer, a guy that is legitimately an auto start player every single week out of that wide receiver core, Lazard is the easy button. Of he's the odds-on favorite, and don't be surprised if that happens. And getting that and a pick upgrade for Pacheco, right? Right, is exactly. Absolutely stealing from exactly from an upside perspective. Um, but there was one other quote I saw on Twitter that I want to get your thoughts on. It said, "Stop with these keeper leagues. Either play dynasty or play redraft." What are your thoughts on keeper leagues? I agree. It's just namby pamby. I'm halfway in between. Right. No, I. It, it, have you played in any in recent years? I have. Man. Never played in a keeper league. Okay. I've had a lot of people ask me about them. I'm not that interested. Again, you're either in or you're out. I, I like redraft and I like dynasty, but I I really how many how many how many players year over year do you have do you have to keep for you to consider it dynasty and not keeper? What do you mean? Like well, all of them? Like well, no, no, no. But here's what, well, here's no. Here's what I mean. FFPC, you keep fourteen skill position players. Yeah. Is that, is that keeper? No, that's... That's dynasty? That's dynasty, but it's right. still... Uh, it, like, I wouldn't play that format. I agree with you that... For but it is dynasty. Dynasty, to me... Start, you like, keep them all? You keep them... Well, yeah, yeah. So you, you, you have a roster size, and there's no, like, cutdowns after the season. There's just, well, this is the roster size, and to make picks in your annual draft, you have to be under that, or... 
you know, at some point you're going to have to cut players to allow for others. But in FFPC, you literally cut down before anything else happens in the off season, which to me is more indicative of a keeper league than it is a dynasty mm-hmm. league. Yeah, I mean, I I can see the argument. And for and so, on, and uh, and to me, I don't know about you, Katie. The most shallow dynasty that I consider is like 20, 20 to twenty two roster spots. Yeah, I think that's shallow. Twenty three is twenty three is my shallowest that I'll go. Okay, and what and you have a twenty three right now? I do somewhere. I do. Yeah, and. Well, let me ask you this. We've never actually talked about this. What? Because we played a lot of deep leagues. Yes. So 23, is that one quarterback? Yes. And how does Katie Flower differ in watching her mechanics in a 23-man roster league as opposed to the 28, 30, 40? Oh, I mean, I'll keep one quarterback instead of two. I don't even care. Like, I've got in one of... I think it's a 23-man roster. I've got Sam Darnold as my QB2, and I'm about to drop him because I've got Matt Stafford. I don't need another quarterback until the bye week, and I'm fine with that. I will balance my running backs and wide receivers because I believe it's start three wide receivers, start two running back, and so I want to have fairly equal amount, although it depends. Um, I mean, I've got a fairly strong team, so uh, I just want to have – starters that are reliable at each position and then i like to have that one stud tight end and then i can only carry two i don't want to carry two or three or four tight ends in that shallow i want more running backs and wide receivers so that's about the only difference okay and and how how many rounds is the annual draft is this three three or four Three? three okay yeah. You typically make third round picks? No, I typically trade them. Trade them. I, even some seconds. I mean, a yeah. lot of times I'll try to trade my two and three with something to get up to a first. Or just or, to get high up in the second because you have one player that you want to target. Right. Okay. All right. There we go. Going under the hood. Uh, Katie in a, shall- <laughs> in a shallow dynasty. There you yeah. Go. Um, you got any final thoughts for us this week? No, just that. Your redraft leagues are probably happening sometime in the next two weeks. So hopefully we'll be talking about redraft soon. Looking forward to the UTH Dynasty Contest. And hopefully everybody is starting to think about how they're going to uh, set their lineups and get their best ball. And it's football. I'm just happy it's football season. Week zero, right? I think college football week zero is is coming up in uh, 11 days. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you've got the pre one game, and then yep. there it is. Um, I want to remind folks, and I, I'm tell- talking to myself as well, that August is always that catch-all of you're not really sure when the waiver wire starts. And I am this w- this week is the week I'm going to simulate uh, a regular season week. So I'm going to go through every single one of my leagues on Tuesday, like I normally would. Even if you know. If the waiver wire is not set, I'm going to go through, make, maybe make some watch list recommendations for myself. So I have some uh, some bookmarks there for uh, the week following or two weeks following when the waiver wire is actually occurring. I'm going to go check out all of my teams you know, in, in requisite fashion. So that's going to take up some of my, my Tuesday. That's my regular in-season routine, uh, the first or second checkpoint uh, of the week for, for all of my league. So whatever your habit is, I would say do a dry run before the season actually starts. Now, obviously you can do it right before week one, but in general, touch base. You know, We all have our favorite leagues and you may go and, and there's some leagues you might check five or six times 
for trading because it's more active or whatever, as opposed to some of your more quiet leagues or maybe the ones that aren't your favorite format. So I would say, let's start waking up. Maybe you had your rookie draft two months ago. There hasn't been a lot of activity, but now whether it's the waiver wire, select trading, we, we just went over some players, there's opportunities in the marketplace. And I've always said, every day that trading is open, you have the opportunity to buy, sell, or hold. And it's don't have sour grapes if you have a player, whether that's Isaiah Pacheco, five other players that you view uh, that that might fit this mold of you have options right now. And if they turn into a pumpkin at some point in the future and you still have them, it's on you. You had options of various points. Find out what the market will bear if there's players that you think you can leverage today as opposed to what might happen in two, three months. So just be careful with that. Check in with your leagues. Start thinking about the waiver wire, your weekly machinations, your personal routine, because the season's upon us and it's going to be a great ride. Katie and I are here. We're going to have our best season yet in 2022. Never stop learning. Never stop evolving. Never stop seeking to improve your own dynasty owner skill sets. You can follow Katie on Twitter at FF underscore Skyler 399. I'm at Chad Parsons NFL. Reminder about UTHDynasty.com. No ads on the show. We go straight through. You don't hear about underpants, shorts, vitamins, whatever else everyone's talking about for 10 minutes at a time. So please support the show. Listen to all the premium shows. If you like this show, you're going to love the premium stuff. And until next time, never settle, refuse to be average, and keep building those guys. Deuce f***ing Vaughn.